Teens Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queens Lead Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Queen's Lead podcast today. I am so excited to be joined by Celine Ace Scott. She's from right here in Edmond, Oklahoma, where uh, nearby where I live. And I want to give a quick message to our listeners. So the Queen's Lead podcast historically has been geared toward women entrepreneurs who own their own businesses. And we're making a little bit of a shift. We want to promote and open this up to community entrepreneurs, people who are moving people forward, groups of people forward. So whether you are involved with a nonprofit or a community group, uh, we welcome you to apply to be on our show. And today we're really excited to have Celine here. She is a realtor by trade, but she's also got a lot of really amazing things going on in the Asian community here. And since it is AAPI month, this uh, May, we are so excited to welcome you and celebrate you and your community and your culture. So welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to promote the newest venture for the Asian district, which is the Asian mini market. Yeah, we're excited to hear about it. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how, um, tell us about you. Tell us about Celine. I know you go by Ace. Maybe there's yes. a story there. Yeah. Yeah. There is a story there. That's <laughs> also because of real estate. <laughs> um, but I actually started going by ACE whenever I was, um, I started painting in high school and, nice. you know, on the bottom of the canvases, it was too long to put Celine ACE. It just takes too much space. So yeah. I started training it by going by ACE. And then my art teacher, who's still to this day is like one of my heroes, um, started calling me by ACE. Then it kind of just caught on. Then I went to college and then. I was still going by Celine and then I, I got into real estate and then okay. everyone is reading your emails and it says, everyone's mispronouncing it. I've been called Cheyenne. I've been called <laughs> literally everything other than Celine. So I was, I just thought, let's just shorten it. Let's just shorten it to Ace. Let's just make it easier for everyone. It's so the moment that, you know, like I even changed my email, it's just ace.scott. It's, I love it. it shorter. So um, but it's, it's really nice because I think, um, for me, for a little bit anyways, with the marketing that, you know, realtors have to do ACE was just kind of catchy and it, it worked to my favor. Definitely. So ACE, not a given name, just a, a name you've adopted. Yeah, it will actually, it is a part of my name. It's, um, oh, okay. my first name is Celine ACE. Then I have a middle name. Um, it's kind of like Mary Kate. Okay. Like Mary yeah. Kate gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, and it's my understanding you moved here 20 years ago from the Philippines. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us about that. What was that like? Ooh, you couldn't okay. barely be over 20 anyway right now. So you must have been very young. Oh, that's so nice of you. No, I was um, 12 years old. It was 2002. It was the year after 9-11. Um, wow. So traveling was like insane. I remember being so young because you don't really... Like, I just remember seeing a ton of news about 9-11. And yeah. then months later, my mom was like, yeah, that's where we're going to move to. And I you're remember- like, you're taking me where? <laughs> what? I, 
no. I remember being so scared. I was like, no, that's not it. But you know, you're 11 and you're like, I, I really don't know what's happening. I, I don't know. I was really looking forward to it because she said that it was going to be like, it was like going to be a whole new place. You know, you just, I feel like at 11, you didn't really have a concept of um, overseas, of abroad, sure. of, yeah. of what's going on. Really, I was like, okay, all I heard about the US is that 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> and I was not looking forward to it. So, um, but uh, I actually was just making a TikTok about this. Um, my first flight ever was um, ever, like I've never flown. And I was always a horrible, horrible, like um, traveler. And I always got car sick. So of oh, course no. I got sick on the plane. Oh, and this is kind of grody. This is the first time ever traveling. Um, and for some reason, my mom didn't have me in the same row as her and my sister. So I look over and this man right next to me is like guzzling down this amazing bowl of soup with like noodles. And I saw what I thought was avocado. So I asked for an extra thing of wasabi. I oh. am already a horrible traveler. I like go straight <laughs> to the bathroom. This was my first experience of it. I was like, I, I guzzle down a, a handful, like a big chunk of wasabi. Cause I thought oh, it was no. avocado Bless your heart. straight to the tiny laboratory. <laughs> um, oh. But anyways, it was just a, a hectic, a hectic, hectic flight. So that, that flight from the Philippines, we had to get a connecting flight to Narita, which is Japan. And that's where mm -hmm. I had, that's where I had that bowl of ramen. Um, <laughs> then I went to the bathroom and then the <laughs> stewardess is like, are you okay? <laughs> um, and then from Narita, we got lost because oh we don't speak Japanese and right. it's an international airport, you know, it's a huge airport. There's buses there's trains obviously different terminals but it's also in Japanese and we don't speak Japanese oh man we get lost I'm sorry I'm taking a whole journey right no now. this is great I love it keep it coming <laughs> yeah sorry my mom also has never traveled she's 40 something so she's traveling with two kids a single mom two girls oh she's single just, just you and your your sister and mom together yeah my sister was eight at, wow. the, at that time um and I don't know, I think my sister was doing okay. She was a much better traveler than me. I mean, she obviously didn't have the incident with the wasabi. So she's <laughs> freaking out because I'm over here like panting. The stewardess had to come to me and try to take care of me. So that happens. Then we get lost in the airport. Then we almost missed our flight, which was the connecting flight to Dallas. Oh um, so, and that flight alone is about 13 hours plus. It's wow. um, a long flight. And so my mom's exhausted at this point. Then she goes to customs and I think she brought some like, some like dried fish <laughs> Which, to my mom's, to, to her defense, like the dried fish is delicious. Like if you've ever had dried fish with vinegar, yum. Like it's, uh -huh. it, nice. it slaps, it's bomb. It's, um, awesome. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, but she shouldn't have brought it. So customs stops us and like, yes. we're having to go through all of this. So my mom, you could only just imagine like the stress she was going through. Then she gets oh, stopped by customs. Imagine. She's having to speak a whole nother language. And then, um, but at the very end of it, this guy who was checking our passports, he was this giant, like when I say giant, I could be wrong, but he was like <laughs> a seven foot tall, giant, like big black man. And he was scary. Oh he was like, yeah, so scary because he was just authoritative, you know, and he was going through yes. and then 
he finishes and he looks, he shuts it. He shuts the passport. He shuts my passport. He looks at my sister. He looks at my mom and he says, welcome to America. And my mom breaks. Oh my God. I just got chills. Oh my God. With the most stressful flight. She, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what brought, what, what brought her? I'm literally about (laughs) to cry. What brought a single mother from the Philippines? I mean, what was the opportunity that she saw in America? Did you have connections here or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So during the Vietnam war, so let's take it back all the way back. Let's go back. Rewind. (laughs) Um, During the Vietnam war, my uncle who is originally, I want to say from like, I think around El Reno, that area. Oh, okay. Um, he was originally from there. I'm going to hate this because he's going to be like, I told you that's not where I'm from, but it was kind of <laughs> around that area. Um, yeah. I do remember going to rodeos in El Reno. So I want to say he's from El Reno. <clears throat> Anyways, he grew up Oklahoma boy, like full on, you know, born and raised Oklahoma um, he goes to the Navy. He joins the Navy. He goes to the Philippines during the Vietnam War and a- among mm-hmm. other places. Um, and he meets my aunt and they get married. And then okay. once they get married, he was able to bring her over here. And my aunt and my mom were very close. Okay. I think they both were living kind of in the Subic area where the naval port was. Mm-hmm. And I think it still is there. But uh, long story short, my aunt uh, becomes a citizen. And at that point, you're allowed to um, to bring a family member over, I think after oh, okay. like five years. I don't know the whole entire process, but mm-hmm. but she was able to bring my mom over. But, nice. but here's the kicker was that was back in the 70s and it took 20 years for her paperwork to get completely done. Sibling to sibling for you to bring like, for a sister to bring another sibling in. Wow. The paperwork took 20 years. And so she waited a while to like have a family. She waited a while to, because she thought that this was going to be like, she was going to leave the Philippines to go to America. So yeah, she didn't have me until she was in her late, like late thirties, which is not, I mean, that's not anything new now. Yeah. Um, but, but 32 then, years ago, that was a long time to wait to have a child. Yeah. Yeah. So she was waiting, she was waiting for her opportunity to come over here. And then, you know, I think you could only wait so long. And then she had me and my sister and then her paperwork got finalized. And then, which is funny because after hers got finalized, since we were both minors, it didn't take much for mine and my sister's paperwork to get processed for us. To yeah. Come over here. Okay. So, that's my whole wow. story. <laughs> what a story. Oh my goodness. I can't like how brave of your mother to make that journey on yeah. her own after that incredibly ridiculously long waiting period. People mm-hmm. wonder why immigration is what it is. Hello. Can we put less barriers, please? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, wow. yeah, but that took 20 plus years for, for her paperwork to get, you know, finalized and for us to come over here. But and that's, here you are living the actual the right dream way or whatever. Right? Yeah. It's, but anyways, yeah, but here I am and I'm actually living the dream. <laughs> you literally are living the dream and moving the Filipino culture forward right here in Oklahoma City, which is incredible to me. So Thank I have you. to pause to ask this because yeah. I know, like, I want to know some things about the Filipino culture and like okay. your favorite things. Like, so 
we all have those things. Like you talked about your mom bringing, bringing the dried fish, right? <laughs> like, okay. Yes. That's not something everybody understands, but yes. what's something that you absolutely love about the Filipino culture that just says home to you and says like, you know, this is us. What, what, what's representative that you love? I, I, I can honestly, I feel like I can say it's, it's the people. My husband and I actually got married in the Philippines. We had two, um, two, um, not weddings, but yeah, two weddings. We had two weddings. We had one here, which was kind of like a reception type here in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. city. Um, and then we decided to just not really elope, but have the smallest version of a wedding possible. Um, and we went back home and we got married over there. And, um, I, I think it's just, it's always, everyone's just always so warm and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to, before I went, this, this kind of got started my whole, whole volunteering aspect of, of what I'm do- doing now. But mm-hmm. before we went back home, I ordered a bunch of soccer balls and basketballs. And I went to, I packed like a whole full cart that I could of um, just, I just went to Dollar Tree and I bought a bunch of coloring books mm-hmm. and little, um, you know, c- crayons and little things like that. I think I bought a few posters, just like educational stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband, my husband, my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law's husband, all three of them were able to go to a smaller fishing village um, and give away um, the toys that we had. We packed a, like a big, a large suitcase to just try to fit everything in there. And then yeah. we deflated all the balls and inflated them. When okay. We yeah. So that way, <laughs> that way we were able to pack all of that. But what I'm trying to get at is these people had, like, when I say nothing, they had nothing. The hoop basketball, by the way, is huge in the Philippines, okay. but they had a, they had a wire up on a old piece of board as a hoop um, wow. so they could play basketball. But at that same, on that same breath, like they had nothing. And I remember my husband and my, my family who had, who were able to give away those, um, those toys and um, coloring books were talking about how they were like given food and water and, and people were like treating them like, Hey, here, you're giving us something. We had literally have nothing. We have some food here, here you go. And so that I think is what's super special. Yeah. The people are are super special and giving and community oriented for sure. Um, and want to give what they have. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So what's the thing that is like <sighs> the embarrassing part of your culture? Like I, for me, like my great, like the white oh. Southern grandmother is going to feed you, but like, yeah. I cannot stop my grandmother from feeding people forcefully. Yeah. Like, is there something like that, that you're just like, no, that's very similar <laughs> to us. That's okay. very similar to us. Like I on exactly what I was talking about. They were trying to feed them. And at that same like that same point, they, they're like, no, I'm not hungry. And everyone's always trying to feed you. Yes. No, that's, that's one, but I have, I've got a really good one. And it's all right. It's, it's the aunties. It's the, the titas they're called titas and okay. they're, they're the older woman, um, in the Philippines. And everyone is so vocal. When I say vocal, they're very outspoken. And if yes. you've gained like five pounds, they will let you know. Oh, okay. but they'll also still keep feeding you. They will, they will, oh, I'm honey, like, you're fat. Have some food. I right. can hear I'm it like, now. The reason why I have gained weight is because you keep feeding me. 
but they'll say <laughs> not necessarily my aunt it's they're called the titas yes. it's like you're filipino you could totally relate like the titas are always like hey you're so beautiful but you've gained weight or it's the first thing is like you've gained some weight and it's not even it sounds i can't really translate it but that's the exact translation of it is they're just kind of calling you like a little what they think is like a darling little name to to describe how you gained weight yeah okay that's one thing it's like the spanish version of the little gordita like you're yes. just a little fatty like you're yes. so cute but you need a fat yes yes yeah. exactly it's, <laughs> it's exactly that it's just they're always super super um vocal and honest about it that's one thing that I'm like dang like that's <laughs> you I love it I but love that's that. it that's okay. really it all right okay <laughs> and so your full-time everyday job is a real estate agent here yes. in the metro correct yes um and but what else are you working on I know we are working with some things with the Asian district up in the North Oklahoma City area so talk to us about that and what's coming up yeah let me can I start with how I got started with that? Oh, okay. yes, please do. Awesome. Um, so last year, I was thinking about joining um, Mrs. Oklahoma, and I got connected with former Mrs. Oklahoma, Samantha Vu, and okay. she is a, I want to say she's one of like the pillars of the Asian district too. Um, she's carried um, the Asian district um, by her being Mrs. Oklahoma. I think that was always a part of her platform. And I don't yeah. want to speak for her, but I know that that's, um, that's something that she's kind of always done. Um, so I was having lunch with her, um, and, a mutual friend of ours was sitting and having lunch with us. And she mentioned volunteering for the Asian night market festival. Um, so at that point I knew I wanted to do something. I knew I wanted to get involved and, um, my son was not even a year old at that point. And I thought about like, gosh, volunteering with like a two-year-old yeah. and a, or a, an almost two-year-old and an almost one-year-old. And I didn't have full-time help with them at that point. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know that I want to do this. And then I get home and then I open Instagram. And then there was a story from the Asian district saying, we're looking for volunteers. Oddly enough, that same day that we were talking about it. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I yes. was a little bit excited about it, but like I said, I was leery. Cause I was like, I don't even have full-time help right now. And I have literal babies. Like there, yes. one of them was still breastfeeding. So I was like, I don't know that I could do this, but long story short, we, um, I was able to vice co-chair the Asian night market festival last year and a part of the programming committee. And everyone that I volunteered with was so passionate and so great about bringing representation and celebrating AAPI that yeah. I, after the event being so exhausted, I mean, it was like 48 hours of full on working. Yeah. Um, I got like a little bit of a break and I got back in touch with, um, Jenny, Jenny Wen, who is, um, the chair for the Asian night market festival this year and she is the interim president while mike is still in vietnam for the asian district cultural association i got yeah. in touch with her and i said how do i bring this to edmund i live in edmund how do i how do i bring this um so she was kind of telling me like how to get started and then i just took her out to lunch and she said why don't you just partner up with the asian district like this is something we've always wanted to do you know i think you 
will have the exact same or have the exact same values that we do. Yeah. Why don't we just partner up and then you bring it to, to Edmund, which yeah. now here we are. <laughs> now here we are. Oh my gosh. What a great yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the market doing? Is it a, is it a once a year type of a thing or ongoing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, the first one ever will be on May 13th from five to 8 PM. And it's a much, much smaller version of the Asian night market festival. Last year we saw close to 40,000 people at the Asian district. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I hope I see closer to maybe five. Um, we're hoping for that. Um, but it's very modeled after the Asian night market festival. And it's also something that we would love to promote. We're using it to promote the Asian district. Um, we're using, um, we're having several booths and vendors and food tents from the Asian district itself. And then some local admin businesses, um, to be a part of the foodie alley that we have. We'll also have a programming, um, we will do a mini fashion show that'll showcase um, oriental and traditional wear. Um, we will also have a children's area that I'm super excited about. Um, and we will, uh, we're gonna try to make it a little bit more educational. There's obviously gonna be some games, but um, we wanna highlight that this year is the year of the rabbit and the year of the, the cat. So we'll have games that kind of goes along that theme. Um, what else do we have? Uh, yeah, but it's it's just going to be a smaller version of the Asian night market. Um, and that's why we're calling it the Asian mini market. <laughs> I love it. So that's coming up May 13th, just, May which 13th. is in just a couple of weeks from this airing. Yes. So yes. very timely. So get out yeah. from five to eight, May yes. 13th. And what is the location? It's going to be in downtown Edmond. And the place is actually called the Festival Marketplace. That's where they hold the um, the farmer's market for the summer. Okay. And- uh, spring and summer uh, months. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Can't wait to come and experience all of that culture and food yeah. and everything. So talk to us a little bit about um, some of the challenges that the AAPI community faces here in Oklahoma. You know, there's only so much that um, that we know when we're not from that culture. And sometimes yeah. it's difficult for us to really know how to navigate and support the need of other cultures. So talk to us a little bit about that and kind of some of the challenges that the community as a whole is facing and how others can pitch in and help. I feel like the the biggest challenge and the reason why I'm bringing it to Edmund is that it's, there's just not enough representation. There's just yeah. not enough people saying that, hey, I'm I'm from this culture and not even people saying it. I just don't think that other like medias and other platforms talk about the community. And I just don't think that we're very much represented. So at this point, it's, it's our job to go out and to, to start many markets and to start, you know, uh, the Asian night market festival to be able to, to bring representation forward, because if nobody else is going to do it, who will, you know, it's, I, I feel like that's been kind of the job that we've taken on um, this generation specifically. Um, I feel like the older, older generation, and I don't want to say this in a bad way, but um, I feel like they're always kind of just hiding it. It wasn't okay. ever, you know, like cool. And they always wanted to just assimilate and they just always wanted to be able to to speak fluently and to not, you know, not talk about their culture because it, unfortunately, I feel like it was kind of frowned upon or not frowned upon. It just wasn't celebrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Definitely. 
So I think the biggest, the biggest struggle that that generation had was just assimilating and kind of just hiding behind that and yeah. not really talking about their culture. But now this generation is like, no, we're cool. Like, this is awesome. Like you went through so much, like even just right. my story, like my mom, like, no, I'm not going to hide that. No, I'm going to bring rice mm -hmm. to school. I'm going to make sure my children will be eating rice. They know how to use a chopstick. They know all the seasonings that's, that goes into Asian, you know, cuisine. And that was one thing that I always thought about, excuse me, because <clears throat> I feel like Asian food, everyone kind of always made fun of me by bringing it to school. And so this year or not this year, but with my children, I want to be able to, to include that and make them be proud of that because that's a part of our culture. Absolutely. But, sorry. I went on a whole nother. Tangent, no, this is I great. I mean, I yeah. do think some of that comes like from your <laughs> elders and people in the Asian and Filipino community. Do you feel like they were hiding because I mean, there was some pretty systemic racism for them during that time. And I know even just as recently as COVID, there've been some yeah. pretty screwed up things as yeah. it relates to racism against Asian communities. And so yeah. do you think that was part of what lended them to trying to hide and assimilate to be, become more Americanized? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it, they just want to be, I feel like, I feel like they think that they weren't taken seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. like oh, if yeah. you, if you have an accent, if you, um, if you don't use the right words, if you don't try to sound American, whatever that sounds like, um, right. you know, uh, that, that you're not taken seriously. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that was their biggest fear is they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to highlight this. I want to blend in. I want to assimilate. Mm -hmm. I want to, want to, yeah, I mean in as little words as I can say it, not high, but yeah, kind of hiding what they, what they grew up, um, what they experienced, their culture, which is so sad to me because yeah. 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 Because of systemic racism. Yeah. Because I'm sure, yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy for me. So I can only imagine what that would be like as an adult, somebody yeah. like talking to you, like, Hey, why are you, why do you have an accent? I can't understand you, you know? So, sure. Absolutely. It, yeah. It's such a mind block for people who have never traveled or been anywhere else or understood another culture to think yeah. that because I can't communicate with this person, this person is less than or stupid or not on the same level as me, which is completely not the case. I mean, let's be honest, trees and plants communicate with a language that we don't understand as human beings. So yeah, another yeah. human, human um, race is not less than because we don't understand them. Right. 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 Completely ridiculous thought pattern. Yeah. Do you feel like that's improved for you and your children? Is it getting better? Are there still screwed up things that we need to be aware of and, you know, rage against? A little bit. I think it's getting, this is really sad to say, but I think my grandchildren will have it better. Um, yeah. I hope my children never have to go through the type of bullying I went through. Um, it's better for me because I think Sorry, that made me a little sad. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Um, I want to I want to talk about the hard stuff because if we don't yeah. know what you've been through, we don't know how to to help and, and move things forward. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, I have to just pause for a sec. Absolutely. And I wore false lashes today. <laughs> so I can't well, you look okay. fabulous. That's, 
that's it that's it that was it that's I just needed to remember I'm wearing makeup that I'm <laughs> um but yeah I think I think it's it's getting I think it will get better um sorry um Okay, we might have to move past this. I just don't oh, know. Of course, things can. That's okay. Sorry, we, everything is editable. It's totally fine. Okay. We edit everything. So yeah, don't <laughs> want to talk about anything you don't want to. I just want you to be able to highlight what's important to you and what. Yeah, no, it is important to me. I just don't know that I can fully talk about it quite yet. And I That's thought right. that I could, <laughs> but like now I'm like, ooh. Um. Sorry, I have to find a little booklet. <laughs> totally fine you're totally uh, fine. uh okay well um when asked me something else <laughs> yeah sorry sure. uh, I really no, want to be able totally I really do want to be able to talk about this it's just I didn't know it was going to bring up all this stuff from like this is from middle school yeah and I'm like a full-blown adult <laughs> right yeah I think about that crap regularly I mean you know I was a really yeah. heavy kid I was a heavy kid. I was a loud, obnoxious kid that just got made fun of constantly for, for other reasons. It wasn't my race. Clearly I'm just a white, blue eyed Oklahoman. <laughs> like, so that wasn't it, but, but you know, there's definitely some oppression that like stuff bubbles back yeah. up from, from yeah. way back then. Sometimes you're like, geez, I didn't even know that was still affecting me. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I haven't talked about this in therapy in a while. Cause I've been, <laughs> I've been talking about, um, well, I have been talking about this. I just didn't know that I was going to feel this way about it. I think it's because I'm talking about my kids. Right. Yeah. And I just don't ever want them to have to go through that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. It's not going to stop. <laughs> it's they're still on. <laughs> you look great. I don't know how you wear them. I mean, like, they look like I didn't even, didn't even tell they were fake. Oh, perfect. thank you. Thank you. I did. I did dabble a little bit in um, makeup too, but it's well, the artist in you. I just had to do everything. Yeah, I had to. I just I always have this like this mindset of like, oh, you can do that. So can I with no formal training. Hell yeah, you can. I love that. That's, that's, that's always that's always the mindset that I have that I keep with everything. Like I see somebody try to do pottery and I'm like, I don't know how to throw a clay around, but I can make a vase too. <laughs> that's right. I can do it too. I love it. <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do better. Well, I don't know about <laughs> better. <laughs> I, I can do it too. That's right. And that's the way to oh. move forward is just keep on trying, right? Right. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Okay. That's totally fine. Maybe something else. <laughs> Maybe something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk about language a little bit. I mean, I'm obviously you all spoke Filipino as young children. Do you still, mm -hmm. uh, have you kept that language alive with your children and in your household? Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so it's called Tagalog, which is a, I want to say it is a tribe. The best way to describe it is it's a bunch of tribal languages mixed in with Spanish. Okay. We were, yeah, we were um, colonized by the Spaniards. And so our religion, um, it's mostly, except for the Southern part of the Philippines, it's mostly Muslim. Um, but we are highly, when I say like highly Catholics, like big time Catholics, like 
Okay. When I, um, one year I was there, I was there around Holy Week and the whole city, like the whole city of Manila, it's huge, giant, bustling, loud city. It was dead quiet. Nothing was open. It was during Holy wow. Week. I think it was like good, good Friday. Um, wow. so Tagalog is, um, this, my first ever language. Um, and then I started learning how to speak English whenever I was in elementary school. And then I moved here and then talking about assimilating again, I forgot it for a little bit because I was getting made fun of because of my accent. So I okay. was like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop this completely. So I started watching, um, I watched a lot of Clueless. I watched, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I watched Harry Potter, um, but I knew I couldn't have that accent either because that's still an accent. Um, but I watched a lot of Clues. I watched a lot of Harry Potter. I watched a lot of TV. And I know everyone's always like, TV's bad for your kids. But I mean, to me, it's what yeah. made me fluent in this language. Um, it's what made me um, get rid of my accent um, and, you know, um, assimilate more. I, But to... It, the biggest learning part of it was that it it taught me a lot more vocabulary words than than a dictionary ever would. My mom Definitely. would sit in front. Of, <laughs> I would sit in front of a dictionary and I would be like, I don't know how to say that, so I don't even know how to. I I can't even try to to pretend like I like doing this. I'd rather mm -hmm. watch TV. And then I learned, you know, slang and the lingo. And but um, having two kids right now, my goal is for them to be able to speak Tagalog as well. Um, funny enough, my husband, um, he picks up on a few things, but it's also mostly food related. <laughs> like what you were saying about your grandma, like we yeah. all just love feeding each other. So everything he knows in Tagalog, it's, it's either pancit, which is noodles or, um, adobo, which is a stew. It, that's all he knows. And that's kind of all my children know right now, but I've gotten a little bit better about it. I'll talk about, you know, they're learning about their hands, their feet, their, their face. And so I'll start naming off eyes, mata, like I'll follow up with whatever it would be in Tagalog. Um, so yeah, I hope that they, they get to speak Tagalog. Um, I hope I get to bring him back home. I know at that age, if I just bring him home for like two weeks, they'll be fluent. Yeah. Yeah. Just immerse them into that culture. That's why yeah. I wondered if you, uh, was it common whenever you moved here with your mom that you spoke Tagalog in the home and then English outside the home? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and then even with my mom too, cause she also had to get a job. She also stopped speaking Tagalog and, um, she started speaking to us in English because she also wanted to speak better English and wanted to be able to communicate better in English. And so mm -hmm. that's one thing about being an immigrant and keeping your culture alive when you're trying to assimilate and you're trying to speak a whole new language and you're trying to communicate in this whole new language. Not that, that it's a bad thing. Um, obviously it can be because um, I was talking to my husband about this the other night because I was speaking to my, um, my one-year-old in Tagalog, who, by the way, catches on more than my two-year-old. Oh yeah. I don't I know how, I really don't know how that works, but he's been repeating the words I've been saying to him. So I've been speaking it more with him because he kind of, he just soaks it all in. Oh but yeah. My husband goes, I can't believe you still remember all of that. Then I told him what this story that for a while there, I forgot about it. I went back mm -hmm. home 
And for like the first week I was there, I was so embarrassed. I like could understand what they were saying, but I couldn't respond back. It was so yeah. frustrating because, because you want to be able to communicate and then, you know, you're gone for like three years and then you can't speak the language you were speaking since you were a baby. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's a totally different experience than someone who, who's always just spoke one language, right? Who yeah. thinks they're smarter than the whole world, whatever. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. And also <laughs> English, by the way, the toughest language. Oh yeah. I can't it's, imagine. It's so tough. All the, all, all the rules that you guys have. <laughs> and then how come it's, um, how come it's dough, but then it's also tough. It doesn't make sense. No, know? it makes zero sense. No, I can't imagine how. That? No, no, no. Like it, it's ridiculous. Our, <laughs> I apologize on behalf of our language as a whole because it is absurd compared to any other language someone could try and learn. English is the most absurd language. It's period. tough. It's tough. Yeah. I've I've tried to learn Spanish because, like I said, Tagalog has a lot of Spanish words into it, so it was easier for me to. It was so much easier for me to learn Spanish than it was to learn English. So How many languages who, do you speak, Ace? Oh, um, well, I wouldn't say I'm I'm fluent in Spanish. I understand you in Spanish, and my Spanish is broken. Yeah, I can understand you completely. I try yeah. to. Um, I don't even want to get started because yeah. I'm also trying to learn Mandarin right now. <laughs> nice. So yeah. it's, okay. It's, I I feel like I have an affinity to languages now. I feel like it's one way to like learn someone's culture, you know? Oh so, yeah, definitely. I love yeah. that. Um, so what are some of the things that we can expect to see at the market whenever we come on May 13th from 5 yeah. p.m. in Edmond? What can yes. we expect to learn about the Asian uh, Pacific Islander culture that we may not know? And what might, what might we, we be surprised to learn? Um, I am actually trying to close in with a vendor right now who will be bringing Filipino desserts. Um, and I feel like everyone, you know, when you think of like of, of France, you think of a croissant, right? And when you think of like even Thailand right now, the mango, mango and sticky rice combo, that's becoming mm -hmm. really big. Um, so I am trying to close in on this one vendor who I hope will become uh, a vendor. And I, I'm just going to say this now she is, she's going to, she's going to be doing it. We're going to speak um, this she, and manifest right. it into existence. Exactly. You're coming, you're going to be here. We need exactly. your dessert. Exactly. So you'll be able to try some Filipino desserts, which I think is just a little bit different than, um, than some, than what you're kind of used to. We use a lot of um, more organic, um, not that flour isn't organic, but uh, we use coconut oil. We use um, palm sugar. Uh, we use lots of very like just tropical ingredients um, when it comes to our desserts. Um, Wait, naturally also, occurring ingredients? Huh? Not like the naturally occurring, uh, yes. occurring ingredients? What a, yes. what a change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, um, my sister, she's vegan. So she's able to eat a lot of Filipino desserts because it, it's, it's cooked with, um, coconut milk. And, um, like I said, like palm sugar, so not yeah. using a lot of dairy. Um, mm -hmm. they're all very sweet. Like that's, that's not, you're not going to lose any of the sweetness factor when it comes yeah. to desserts, but you will, um, it's a little less filling. It's a little less, um, like you don't feel as bad when you're eating it. So you'll be eating a lot of it. Nice. Um, so that's one thing about the Filipino culture that we will be showcasing is um, some of the food. Uh, 
but I'm really also excited about showcasing other cultures because I think my biggest thing with this is not just to highlight Filipino culture, but also as a community of, you know, just like Southeast Asian and Asian cultures. Um, yeah. So right now we have um, Han Pai drummers, Japanese drummers who will be performing. We will have a lion dance who will be a lion dance group who will also be performing. We will have a group of Laotian dancers. Ooh. We'll have um, K-pop towards the end to yes. Korean. Um, but yeah, that's the, the program I think will be amazing. And I think that's where you're mostly going to get, um, you know, more the most type of culture, um, when it comes to the event itself, besides the food, because I can honestly say this as an Asian woman, our love language is food. Um, we love feeding (laughs) everyone we know. Um, and yeah, that's, that's one thing to, I'm really looking forward to the, to the lineup of the, of the performers that we'll have for the event. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to come and bring my teenagers and just shove them right into the middle of this Asian culture. So listen, guys, the Asian district is not just for Asians. It's like completely populated by this wonderful group of humans that want to share their culture with you. So if you are Spanish, if you are, if you are black, if you are white, if you are anything other than Asian, come and immerse yourself into this community who wants to open themselves up to you and expose you to their beautiful food, their beautiful culture, their amazing languages, dances, instruments, singing, all of the Asian things all are welcome there. I can only imagine that you would say the same thing. So come expose yourself, teach your children what they need to know about the other cultures in our community, because it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. And that is the goal. That's the goal is for everyone to come, for everyone to enjoy this, for everyone to, to, to see the culture, the little culture that we can pack in from, you know, from five to eight, just whatever we can get in there. So we do plan on having this annually. Um, as I have been talking to the sponsors who are, um, uh, helping us with this event, I I'm also trying to lock them in for next year. I'm trying to find Absolutely. new sponsors for next year. I'm trying to make this, I'm going to, my goal is to make this a little bit bigger than, than this year, almost every year, just a little bit bigger. I mean, I don't think we could ever compare to the magnitude that is the Asian night market festival. Um, uh, but you know, I think it's a little bit more accessible for people who live up north too. Um, you know, for people who live in Arcadia and Jones and whatever else up north Guthrie, um, yeah. to to come to Edmond to downtown Edmond and um, enjoy as many Asian cultures as we can for that evening. Absolutely. And just, this is just the beginning, just a toe dip into this culture. And then we can begin to frequent the Asian district and these businesses that are represented at the community and, you know, do business with them on a regular basis, not just stay in our own little hidden hole where we, where we congregate, you know, there's so much more opportunity to learn and experience other cultures right here in Oklahoma city area that I'm so proud to be from here and see all of these cultures moving forward and exposing themselves to, to the ignorant. I mean, we're just ignorant, right? We don't know until we know. So yeah. thank you for, for leading this and doing this. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share about yourself, your history or, or what's going on with the Asian market? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Something just fell outside. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, I do want to, you're right about everything that you said. Um, it, we're using 
we're utilizing this event, the Asian mini market to highlight the Asian district because there's so much. If you, I'll send you the website, but if you go on that website, we have so many, so many events happening. During this summer, we have um, a movie night that highlights Asian movies. I'm sure everything, everywhere, all at once will be playing. Yes. Um, <laughs> so good, by the way. Yes. So good. I was so yes. impressed. Oh my gosh. So I know I need to rewatch it again. Cause I think I've missed a few things, you know, like the first time you've watched it, you're just like yes. in awe of what's happening and you're trying to keep right. up and you're like, I, I definitely need to rewatch this, but yeah, I would love to rewatch it. Um, but we have, um, summer night events, um, summer movie events. We also have, um, culinary tours. Um, we'll have, like I said, the Asian night market festival, which is, um, on in August, this past year, we already did a lunar celebration at the Myriad Gardens. We also did a takeover during the Thunder Game um, during uh, the Lunar New Year. So there's yes. so many things happening. So just just us bringing this to Edmond is just really going to highlight all the all the events and everything that is happening in the Asian District. So I love yeah, that. what is that website? Say yeah, it here so Asian, everyone can it's go. It's asiandistrictok.com. That's all it Asian is. Asiandistrictok.com. Asiandistrictok.com. Yep. Go yep. and search there. Find out what's going on. I absolutely love that you brought up that movie. And the more I see this representation coming out with actors and movies and dolls, like there's finally dolls that look like I, your, like look like you, right? Like, I know. I was not used to growing up that way. Every freaking Cabbage Patch doll I even had was blonde hair and blue eyed. Okay. That is a problem, right? Like, can we get some more representation? So the fact that you are moving this community forward and allowing for that representation and integration into the society, I just appreciate you so much. And I celebrate you for what you're doing and your culture. And I'm so blessed to know you now and be connected. And I can't wait to follow you and hopefully see you at the market. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been super fun. Thank you for letting me, this is, this is a a big passion project for me. It's very personal to me. So I want to do everything that I can to promote this and promote the Asian district. Absolutely. We are so excited for it and for you. And thank you for being a queen leader in this, in this movement. So we appreciate you and celebrate you. Everyone go over and follow uh, Ace on her channels. We'll have them linked in the profile here and go over to asianmarketok.com. Asian district. I'm sorry, asiandistrictok.com to learn more about what they're doing and follow Ace also for your real estate needs. She's uh, right here moving and shaking in the Oklahoma City and Edmond area. So I'm sure she'd appreciate that connection as well. Yeah. And thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Mm